Are you tracking so far? So they're herbalists, they're healers, they're wise women. Yeah. You've said like two things. Are you like, are you tracking, you dummy who doesn't know about pagans? Are you tracking this? Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Mori Fontanez, intuition coach. And I'm Melissa Grushka. Let's get witchy with it. This month on Signal, we're going spooky. Spooky. (laughs) And today, we're going to talk about witches. Dean, are you ready? Dean, do I look ready? You really look ready. Thank you. All right, Bean, welcome to spooky season. We have a treat for our listeners this whole month, actually. We decided, you know what? It's October. Let's just get right into the spooky. So every episode of Signal this month is going to be about something spooky. And for all those who can't see what's going on here, I am in full full entire head-to-toe witch gear, and Maury is wearing nothing. (laughs) Well, no, I'm wearing clothes. I mean clothing, but just like looks like a normal person, and I look full-on in uniform. I would like to say what happened this morning when I forgot that we were supposed to dress up for this episode. Yes. Um, I showed up four minutes late, like I always do. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And Bean and our producer, Anais, were on and when I got on, there was this whole like kerfuffle about Bean's camera Ooh. being <laughs> kerfuffle. Cam- Bean's camera being messed up, which I believed because we're technolo- technologically challenged on this podcast. If you haven't been able to tell already, guys. And then suddenly, her camera turns on, and she's in. She's a witch. Spooky. <laughs> wearing, let me just describe this outfit. Well, anyway, so obviously the camera wasn't broken, but that was the best surprise ever uh okay so there's a witch hat that has feathers on it and roses black roses interesting and, and this is there's a some tool veil. coming down the side almost feels like a witch that is going to some kind of a formal funeral. event oh i was thinking a funeral. funeral like in mourning oh. you know yeah yeah it's like a gala to me it's like a, a witch who's going to gala Ooh. and then she's got some beautiful black lipstick that she doesn't have lip liner for which but is challenging. Okay. It's hard to make it look clean. Yeah. Your makeup looks great on your eyes. I think that's normal, right? Did you do any witchy things on your yes. eyes? Or is I, that just I'm wearing eyeliner? black. No, it's black. Oh, I can't. You can't I see. see. I also that. tried to incorporate some black blush, which was really just eyeshadow, but it's not coming through. Wow. But in real life, you should see. It looks pretty good in real life. Yeah, I can tell that if I saw you in person, <laughs> I would really be scared. And then there's a cape. I think it's velvet. Mm-hmm. And there's a hood. And then for some reason, she's wearing a butterfly pin that I think I gave her. Why would I give you a butterfly pin? I don't know. It's pretty ugly. So I put it on my witch costume. Thank you. Look at yeah, these sleeves. very ugly. Look at these witch sleeves. Oh, she's got these sleeves that come down to a point so that they cover her hand sexy in a sexy witch, witch I'm a manner. sexy witch. <laughs> anyway, so guys, listen. This episode is going to be about witches, and the way we thought we would do it is, one, I'm going to give a little history of witches, witches through history. How did we even come to know witches? Witchstery. Witchstery. Wow. Thanks. You're on a roll. Thanks. Then uh, Bean's going to tell me a story of a real life witch. And I'm going to tell Bean a story of a real life witch. We're just going to delight you with witch facts and stories today. And you know what? Just just come along for the ride. I don't know what to tell you. Hop on this broomstick. You know what I mean? Your puns. Uh, it's nonstop. I think I'm sweating in my uh, velvet ground floor length witch gown. <laughs> Whew, it's hot in this witch out. Wait, before we get into it, should we do cringe delight real quick for the week? Yeah. How? What's going on? Of How was your week? Cringe delight? Besides the fact that you're in a witch costume and I'm not dressed up. I'm going to say mostly delight. Honestly, I'm almost Um, delighted that you're not in costume. It makes my costume shine even brighter. You know what I mean? I agree. And I feel like I've really committed to this role and you didn't. So you're fired. Mm, Fair. Thank you. So in addition to this being one of my moments of, what are we calling it? Glimmer? 
Cringe Sunshine? delight? Delight, delight. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Bean. Thanks. <laughs> it's good to be here. My, I'd say my delight this week was I took my oldest to her first concert. We saw Pink on Monday night. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't even want to go to Pink. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll go. And she knocked my socks off. Have you ever seen her perform? Pink. I haven't, but I can imagine that she would be powerful. She is one hell of a performer, one. Two, her voice sounds better live than it does on the radio, if that's even possible. You know, normally you go to a concert and you're like, oof, you know, like that doesn't sound like your synthesized voice does on the radio. She, her voice was insane live. Perfect. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of women our age. Oh, well, that's not surprising, Bean. She's definitely our gen. Yeah. I was like, is this a middle-aged women's concert? But it was fun. I went with a friend of mine and her two daughters. One of them is my daughter's best friend. And we all – it was just really fun. Did Evie like her? She loved her. She screamed. She lost her voice. It was just a fun show. She, like, does all these acrobatics and she flies across the stadium. And it's very cool. It's a show. Acrobatics? Oh, tons of them. She does a lot of, like, aerial yoga vibes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Hanging, flipping down. Very cool. Her dancers okay. were amazing. Her band was amazing. Her backup singers were insanely beautiful. Pink fan over here. I Honestly, no joke. I barely even was listening to Pink. And since I've come home, I've listened to her That's on repeat. That's all I listen to. I'm like her number one fan now. Plus, she's from here. What's your favorite Pink song? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I really love that song she sings with her daughter. Cover Me in Sunshine. Oh, and her daughter came oh, yeah. out and performed her with her. Cute. Yes. That's cute. It was really I lovely. Yeah. I'm loving all these moms with their daughters on stage. Beyonce has Blue yes. Ivy out there. It's so cute. After Pink's daughter sang, Pink kept saying, my cheeks hurt from smiling so hard. Can you imagine the oh, pride? Yes. I mean, yes. I, can't. I can't. I can't imagine it. I it would be crying. Be... I don't yes. think I could sing. Totally. That's how I felt. That's really sweet and so delightful. Thank you. I thought so myself. You're still looking at your lipstick. Well, I keep drinking iced coffee and I'm worried my lipstick is coming off on the straw. <laughs> it looks disgusting. A little bit. It is a little. You got a little pink and black going now. I know. And that's really killing the, the witch vibe. I'm a little less scared of you. How about now? <laughs> Bean just did. For those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, she's doing some weird trying to be scary witch moves. I'm doing a witch hand. I feel like everybody. I think that's going to happen a lot. Don't th- you feel this like. This whole episode. Everyone knows what a witch hand is. Like. <laughs> I really like it when you growl. Okay. Hit me with yours. Cringe, delight. I'm looking for a cringe. I have a, I have a cringe, okay. I think. All right. Yeah. I tried yesterday to do it all. And sure did. that did not work well. <laughs> so I needed to take my daughter to school. And on Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, don't ask me why they do this in our school district. School starts later. What? Which is really fun for us. I've never heard. So instead of being there at 830, she needs to be there at 920, which really eats into my session time with my clients. So I reached out to my client who's like really great and I know very understanding. And I was like, hey, I need to push this back 20 minutes. Okay, no problem. By the time my teenage daughter gets ready to roll and we get in the car, we're already a little late, get to school, driving back. I have to get on the Zoom basically from the car and turn off my camera and just be profusely apologetic that I'm late to this session. This client's being so amazing. We're talking, talking. I get to the driveway and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to interrupt this flow. So I'm just going to turn my camera on, sit in the car and do the rest of this coaching session, mind you. I'm supposed to be the guide here. You are. And um, as I'm sitting there, our two amazing cleaning women come to the front door and I see them walk past the car. I wave at them and they're kind of like hesitating to go into the house. And I'm like, that's so weird. They know the code and they're just still hesitating. So I have to say to my client, hold on a minute. Sorry, I take my phone with me now, mind you. OMG. And I'm walking, walking, walking to the door to let the cleaning people in. They're like, no, 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 it's not that. It's the dog. As soon as I open the door, dog jumps on one of them, Oh no! almost knocks her down. She's very short. I grab Kaya and take her around back, apologizing to the client. Oh my God, so sorry. Sitting now in the backyard with my phone in my hand, coaching, mind you, again. And then Kaya decides, well, wait a minute, I'm stuck back here. There's two new people in there. I want to go play with them. So she finds the doggy door, runs through the doggy door, and is in the house. Literally, you can just hear the cleaning people like screaming. <gasps> oh, no. She's running around, which is not funny. And then I'm like, okay, hold on again, client, running in. She's literally, you know, camera in hand. It looks like the Blair Witch Project. Running in there, trying to get 
Kaya settled down, screaming at Kaya, trying to make sure the cleaning people are okay. It just was embarrassing is what I want to say. This is not my level of professionalism, listeners, but it was yeah. super fucking This sounds cringy. very unlike you. Right? Yeah. And I also like how you, I like how you said that your cleaning woman is short. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, let me what? say why. Because when my golden retriever goes on her hind legs and is basically at eye level with this person, then it's easier to knock them down than mm-hmm. if, you know, she comes up to your chest. That was the only reason I mentioned her height. Oh, anyway. I thought you were like her. You're like, maybe you wouldn't have fallen over if you were a little taller. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt terrible. I was like, these women are here to like help us out. Yeah. Man, Kaya, help them help us. You're like, live in fear now. Clean in fear, please. That's what a witch would do. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to happen I- all episode. <laughs> I need a new spooky sound. What's a spookier ooh. sound than ooh? Okay, hold on. Let's just insert one here. Our beautiful editors will do it. Go. Ooh, that was a good ooh, one. Ooh, frightening. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Okay. Now that we've <laughs> told each other about our week. Now that everyone's everyone has stopped listening. <laughs> let's get if started. If you're still here, hey, three people that are still here who are my and Melissa's friends, thank you for sticking through that first part. Two of them are our moms. And also, if you're still here, before we start telling you about our amazing witches and give you something spooky to go into October with, if you're listening and you want to support the show, we do really, really appreciate any time you leave a like or a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. And if you could share this show that I mean, you don't have to share this episode if for some reason you're embarrassed <laughs> by the fact that you listen, <laughs> given what's happened so far. But I promise the rest of this episode is going to be really good. Uh, but if you could share the podcast with your friends, that would make us so happy. And, and then I- Melissa won't put a curse on you. And honestly, hop over to YouTube and check out my costume. Why don't you check oh, out yeah. Signal with Melissa and Maury, with Maury and Melissa, excuse me, on YouTube so you can see this full Head to toe true. beauty that I have going true. on you here. You know what else you could see if you watch this on YouTube? What? It actually is lining up so perfectly. But if you <gasps> point to it, like our matching Prince Ducks are really best friends right now. And it's really cute. We should have put witches hats on them. Oh, okay. Next episode. Okay. Let's dress them up next oh, episode. So smart. All right. I think we've dilly-dallied okay. enough. Agreed. Bean, I think that you're going to really love to hear the history of witches. That's what I think. And I am not just saying that because I love history so much. I actually think this is really fascinating. So, you know, stop me if it's getting boring, but I'm going to try really hard. It's going to be like laughably fast how quickly I'm going to go through hundreds of years of history. Why? So because, you know, this isn't a history podcast and I don't would don't think we have the time to spend an hour on witches. And there's a lot of details. I got all the time. Let's do this for like a few mm-hmm. hours. See how okay. see where it goes. And in hour three, Melissa will tell me about a famous witch in history. And then I will test several spooky sounds. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Bean, how far back do you think the concept of witches goes in our history? Mm, I'd say really far. I'd say as far back as time goes. <laughs> like there were some like, I feel like I've often referenced dinosaurs on this podcast, but like I'm now thinking of a T-Rex like w- over a cauldron. Oh. Although we're doing some real stereotypical, like even my costume is very stereotypical witchery. I'm going to tell you where the cauldron comes from. Please do. What Hit me with it. Stop quizzing me. Okay. Well, thank you for that because the earliest written record of witches is actually not during the Paleozoic era, as you guessed, but wow. it's the first written record of a witch is between 931 BC (gasps) and 721 BC. And it's in the Bible. And I wrote next to that, surprise, (laughs) big surprise. (laughs) Well, if it's in the Bible, it has to be real. Yeah, then it's fact. Uh, But the fact that that it's in the Bible, we just know where this is going to go. Correct. But that's the first mention of a witch. That is a story that's told in the Bible uh, of when King Saul sought the witch of Endor is her name. King Saul? Is he a Jew? King Saul. Yeah. Everyone's a Jew in the Old Testament. Oh, right. What? Don't you know this? You're a Jew. Yes. Wow. Wow. It's the story of Jews. Right. Avi. Okay. So King Saul 
basically goes out to look for the Witch of Endor, which I thought was such a Game of Thrones type of totally, witch. Totally. She's a badass. She's yeah. really like, she's got the spells. She Get knows how to it. solve biblical issues. Okay. So he goes to find her to summon the dead prophet, Samuel. Ooh. Why? Why do you ask? Wait, can I just interject? My dad has two cousins who are brothers named Saul and Sam. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> Is it coming full circle for you now? I see. I see. I see. You just learned so much about your own religion thanks to our witch episode. I feel like we should just cut cut that out. Yeah, go. Okay. Well, thanks for that information. Mm-hmm. So uh, he wants her to summon this dead prophet Samuel because he wants to defeat the Philistine army. Hmm. So he believes that this prophet is going to help him to do that. This is King Saul. So the witch brings old Samuel out, conjures him up. And then Samuel prophesizes that Saul and his son are actually going to die. Oh, no. Not what he was hoping for. Right. Next time you want to summon a dead spirit, be careful what it's going to tell you is going to happen to yourself. He was like, never mind. Right. But here he is now. He's pissed because he's been awoken from an eternity of sleep. And he's Mm. like, listen, you're dead. Your son's out. So the next day, according to the Bible, Saul's son died in a battle and then bereft and full of grief. Saul offs himself. (gasps) That is the first ever story of a witch. All right. So Mm. let's fast forward a little bit now into time. So witches in history really come from the notion of paganism. Do you know what paganism is? Yes. Okay. What do you think it is? Like white people, religion. Paganism? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Actually, paganism (laughs) is a term. Did you just make me, are you about to make me sound real stupid? No. Why would you know this? Go. It's okay. I feel like we reference paganism often in even today's culture. Witches are associated with paganism because paganism is a term that was first used in the fourth century. So now we're fast forwarding 300 AD Mm. by early Christians for people who are in the Roman Empire who are practicing polytheism, which means that you worship more than one God Mm. or get this ethnic religions other than Judaism. Hi, yo. The note I wrote for myself is so basically anything that is not a norm is not Christian. Right. Basically. So paganism means that. But it's also defined as a person who worships many gods and goddesses or earth and nature. And this is really important. I'm a pagan then. I love earth and nature. See, when you understand it, you're like, but they were on to something. So the worship of earth included a lot of herbal healing modalities. Love. Right? So you're going out into nature. You're understanding how herbs and mushrooms and all the flora are there to actually help heal us. So these people become healers because they have a good understanding of herbal medicine. And they're also beginning to be known then at this time as wise women. Are you tracking so far? So they're herbalists, they're healers, they're wise women. You've said like two things. Are you like, are you tracking you dummy who doesn't know about (laughs) pagans? Are you tracking this? All right. But this is where this starts to go south because imagine that you are a beautiful healer. No. Imagine that you want to spread a religion that is all about worshiping one god that is patriarchal. Here here we go. Oh, insert patriarchy. Insert the rant. Exactly. And uh, all of a sudden, wise women who hold wisdom from other places outside of these texts that you want people to read and follow and believe. I uh, see where this is going. Are deeply dangerous. So Mm. we start to see... If you fast forward into like the medieval time, so now we're talking the 1200s and the 1300s, this real paranoia about witchcraft spreading across Europe. But actually, in doing my research, what I learned is that it wasn't just in Europe. There was cultures in Africa and the Middle East that also show in Asia uh, a real focus on witchcraft around this time. So it's really starting to become as organized religions are really taking hold. Sorry, I just had to interject. You mean... They're anti-witchcraft or they're just discussing witches? No, everyone is starting to get really scared. One God only. Yeah. Correct. Got it. Yeah. So it kind of turns into this mania and it spreads across. (gasps) A lot of people say Europe, but we're finding around the world. 
Let's talk about witchcraft for a minute, what it means. So witchcraft is defined as the use of magic or supernatural powers to inflict harm or misfortune on on (gasps) others. And witchcraft also has been synonymous with another word, the occult. Yes. Okay. So the occult is an extra layer of supernatural beliefs, practices that fall outside of organized religion and science. I thought they were sort of interchangeable. Is that incorrect? Like occult and witchcraft? They are starting to become interchangeable at this point in history. So (laughs) I just had to make a little note to myself when I was reading this about the occult being dark arts. That is obviously people are fearing because people believe in supernatural things and practices. And I wrote, so a man resurrecting after being dead for three days is okay? Question mark. Right. Jesus being resurrected, not the occult, but anything else occult. So anyways, any other kind of otherworldly powers like being psychic, mysticism, creating spells which are tied to using herbs for healing start to be seen as being in the occult. So now we're going to fast forward 1200 to 1300s. Let's remember also there are no doctors during this time, right? Silly gooses. The medical field did not become what we know of it today until the late 1800s. So we're still like centuries away from understanding medicine. And we're really using these healers primarily, correct? Exactly. Perfect. Spot on. So these healers are really becoming more and more powerful, these medicine women, um, and they are really starting to become midwives in addition to herbalists. So a lot of childbirth is done through midwifery because there are no doctors, gynecologists, and they are kind of growing in their power and and in being healers. So what you start to see again is this fear of the power of these women by organized religion. And that's when you start to see accusations of witchcraft flying around here right around 1300s. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, this one. On brooms. Flying around on broomsticks. Right. So really it starts from representatives of the Christian church accusing Mm. these women who are herbalists, healers, brewers. They also brewed alcohol. Um, These brewers and healers because they're performing such essential services. Now, if you go back to the brewing, that's where you start to get the image of the cauldron. The cauldron is also – It was for beer? (laughs) It was for brewing different kinds of, yes, drinks. Ooh, concoctions concoctions. And if you look at the, so that's one origin of the cauldron. The other is that the it comes from also the mortar and pestle in like Eastern European oh. religions, mm-hmm. like Lithuanian cultures talk about the mortar and the pestle being what witches use to actually fly around. The mortar, is that the bowl part? Mortar. Mortar? Pestle? Pestle? Isn't mortar, is it the bowl or is it what's the in bowl. it? What you, oh, yeah, I think the bowl. The pestle is the stick. Grinding thing. So there's <laughs> some witch stories in this medieval time coming from Eastern Europe that actually have witches like Yaba, Yaba, Yaba Baba. Baba. Yeah, Yaba Baba is a witch story from mm-hmm. Eastern Europe from this time. And she is said to fly around in a mortar using the pestle as her like steering wheel. Like as the way to is she teeny yeah. tiny? No, no, no. it's like big. a mat. No, it's I'm a looking giant. Up Yaba Baba to make sure we're right. Okay. Yaba Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga. I knew we were a little off, and so I wanted glad. to be very correct here. I'm so glad you looked that up. So Baba Yaga is a good example of like a mystical tale of witchcraft from this time, and she is said to have flied around, flown around in her mortar and using wow. the pestle as a way to drive this vehicle. So anyway, that's where the cauldron comes from. But this is something that's really important to think about. So you and I are reading this book right now on our best behavior by Elise yes, Lohman. I am which really is enjoying amazing. it. Side note, but she makes this really great point about how. If you look at the broom and you look at the cauldron, it's really about household items that women would have been using to Mm. take care of whatever they're taking care of in their household chores. And so, you know, that is just such a good (gasps) indicator of how villainized women and being a woman has been in history. I didn't get that far yet. I didn't see any part about witches yet. That was in the intro. No. (laughs) I'm past that part. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> You're like, that was on the first page. That was page one. So fast. Anyway, let's go. So fast forward, r- representatives from the Christian church are starting to make these accusations. We're going to go right into the 1400s. This is where witch hysteria took over Europe. <gasps> accusations of witchcraft were flying everywhere. And most of the people, <laughs> again, Pun intended. most of the people accused were either burned at the stake or hung. So clearly there's not really, um, I mean, there's these sham trials uh, to try and, you know, prove that this person was a witch, which we're going to talk about in the story I tell you, because there's a trial in that story that's (gasps) fascinating. But a lot of the targets of these accusations were single women, widows, and other women at the margins of society. That is so fucked up. But what is it about that group that you think makes them vulnerable? Yeah. Um, I don't know that they believe and people still often believe today that a woman's value is found in her partner and her who she takes on to support her. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. So a woman that's not tied to a man in some way is either a drain on resources because then others have to, quote unquote, take care of her. Right. Or she's potentially too powerful. And that's also not good. Says who? Says the Christian church. Says the white man. Says the white man. So what's interesting is that during this time, by the way, really quickly, there's a book that's published called Malleus Maleficarum. I think I said that wrong. Y'all, don't get mad at me. It's written by uh, two German Dominicans. So by Dominican, we mean religiously. Um, And it's a Uh guide on how to hunt witches. (gasps) This I thought was fascinating. For more than 100 years, this book sold more copies than any other book beside the Bible. No way. I guess nobody had anything to do. So they were like, let's just hunt the winches. Exactly. So now you have the hysteria and the fear Let's also remember that these times, the 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, were like awful times in history. People are dying of plagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are crazy events happening around the world. There's you know, natural events happening that people can't explain. And so this is just adding to the paranoia. And there needs to be a culprit. And so a lot of time, these women were the culprit. Isn't it? almost sound like right now how so many things are happening in the world and they are using certain communities as targets of trying to make them examples of why this world is upside down right now. One thousand percent. You know what? You say that and I just have to go into my rant of why I love history so much. Okay. I feel like if everyone understood history, we'd stop repeating the same fucking mistakes over and over again. I mean, I'd like to think that and I'd love to get on board with that, but we do yeah. understand there are a lot of people who do understand history and still yeah. make the same fucking mistakes. Or they're not mistakes to them. It's like just the way it needs to be. Correct. Correct. This is the playbook. Correct. PSA. We're still under the same playbook that was used in the 1200s. Okay? I I'm just, bored. I'm bored with it. I'm bored with that book. Everyone just be aware. Shall we get back to our witches, our sister witches? <laughs> Please. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I want to tell you about your heritage over there. So between 1500 and 1660, 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. <gasps> 80,000? It's a 80, witch genocide. That's crazy. Right? 80% of which were women. Oh, but others were men? There was some men that were associated wow. to these witches. Yes. Got and it. Some children, unfortunately. <gasps> I know. And then, of course, the most famous thing that you guys probably know about the witches is the Salem witch trials. As this kind of hysteria was happening in Europe, it kind of started to die down, but it then spread over to the New World. Something that's really interesting to remember is that the people who left England were Protestants, and they had left England to come to the colonies because they felt like England wasn't righteous enough that it was going in a direction that didn't feel pure enough. And so they came here really with deeply puritanical beliefs. So we're really primed in the colonies for witch hysteria. Absolutely. Because there is such a fear of the dark arts and, and what's happening. Now, same deal here. 
Think about being in the colonies. There's wars between the French and the British. A smallpox epidemic is going on. Oof. And then there's these ongoing fearful attacks of neighboring Native American tribes. So here we are again in this kind of fear-based hysteria. Who's the best scapegoat for this tense atmosphere? Women who fall outside of the margins of society. And so this happens in 1692 in Massachusetts. The witch trials started when a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old, their names are Elizabeth Paris and Abigail Williams, start suffering from fits, body contortions, and uncontrolled screaming. Oh, no. What do you think it really was? They know what it really was now. Oh. (laughs) They say that now they believe they were poisoned by a fungus that causes spasms (gasps) and delusions. Poor kids. Yeah. Yes. But they were like, witches. Witches to blame. So as this is spreading, so as more young women start to kind of exhibit these symptoms, the hysteria just really inflames. Inflames? You are using so much terminology that is apropos of this topic. Go. You're welcome. I really, you know, I'm glad. I like when Mm. I give you a good pun to giggle at. Thanks. So three women were accused of witchcraft. Sarah Good. <gasps> That's kind of. Can I interject? Can I interject? Do you have my... an aunt? Na- is your dad's wife's brother's name Sarah? Closer. Good? No. Okay. My wonderful uncle Ralph, who you did know, who passed away yes. a few years ago, was a direct descendant of Sarah Good. What? I looked her up to see if I could do her as my witch, but I couldn't get enough info on her. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This is breaking news. It was his aunt, like one of his further up ants. He is from- Great, great, great. Yeah. Wait, did you ever talk to him about it? I didn't, but I believe my parents have. And what do they tell you? What did he ever say? Not much. I didn't even ask them about it. Although when I told my mother we were doing this, she said, you know, Ralph's aunt was Sarah Good. That is crazy. I know. Wow. All right. Well, then we're going to dedicate this episode to the memory of Sarah Good. All right. I love that. And my Uncle Ralph. Love you, Uncle Ralph. And your Uncle Ralph. Yes. Thanks. Well, Sarah Good, who now we know is a friend of the podcast, <laughs> Sarah Osborne and Tituba. Tituba is an enslaved woman that's owned by, a, um, by Paris's father. I know her well. You know her too? Well, you she was good. No, she was going to be my other choice. It was between oh, her story. and the witch I chose. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, so Tituba is the one who confesses to being a witch and then began accusing others of using black magic. Let's just stop here for a minute and talk about these confessions. I just these want forced you- Forced confessions, if you know correct, what I mean. To really put into context how these con- confessions are being dragged out of these women. They are arrested. They are put in- like basically solitary confinement, and they are tortured. Their hair is shaved off their bodies. They're being kind of pulled from limb to limb, not kind of. They are being tortured, basically. Yeah, so 100%. once the pain gets to a certain place, then these women kind of break and decide they're going to point to other women because that's how these people are saying they will stop the torture is if they confess and they include other women in their yeah. witchcraft. Snitches get ditches, witches. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so on June 10th, uh, Bridget Bishop became the first accused witch to be put to death during the Salem witch trials, and she was hanged at the Salem gallows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ultimately, 150 people were accused. 18 were put to death. Six men were also convicted and executed in that number. And then, you know, Salem, Massachusetts isn't the only place that is dealing with this. From there, you start to see these same witch trials happening in Windsor, Connecticut in 1640. And then it kind of spreads down to Virginia in the 1655 era. And then it starts to die out by the 1700s. Depressing. Wow. That's wild. And then that's it. Everybody's like, it's cool if you're a witch after that. Well, let's talk about that. How many witches do you know? I mean, real witches? I don't know. I will say while I was researching, I did find there is a witch. I I don't know if she's currently alive. She's in her 90s and she like has a store and she's a practicing witch. That would be probably the only one I know. But it's not even about knowing. It's about my curiosity was about the hunting of the witches. Are you saying that 
it would still exist. So any witch that would be practicing is doing it quietly. Well, I, for a long time, it just became very clear to women, to healers, to wise women. This is why I talk about how systems have convinced us that intuition is dangerous. Totally. Think about hundreds and hundreds of years of torture of women. No better sign to say, hey, you know what? If you have a knowing that you can't explain, shut the hell up about it. Or we're going to light you on fire. Exactly. So uh, hundreds of years of really women kind of going into a place of deep hiding and shame. And I think we're just coming out of that, honestly, hopefully. I don't know. More yeah. books like On Our Best Behavior, please. But we are seeing a rise of Wiccans, of pagan religion, and of wow. witches really talking about what it is to be a modern-day witch. There's a lot of articles. There was one on Cosmo, actually, on I'm a modern-day witch and here's how I practice. And she talks about how she comes from a long line of witches that she's trailed, traced her own genealogy back to Salem and really – I think modern day witches talk about one, respecting paganism, the earth, flora and fauna. I can get behind that. They talk about spells being ways, basically, listen, spells and manifestation, manifestation. are the same Jinx. thing. Jinx. Um, I just think that spells have more rituals attached to them. Which is kind of nice to have to right? manifest with a, some type of act, I think, right? 100%. It almost like enforces it. Yeah, there was that blue moon the last month or two mm -hmm. months ago. Mm -hmm. It was huge. And my daughter's friend was here and I was like, wait a minute, I feel like I know you're supposed to do something. And I looked it up and it was like, yeah, you're supposed to light a white candle, oh. write your desires on a piece of paper, <gasps> burn it with the candle and then be like something like, so it will be. Or there was some saying we had to say. And I called the kids over and TJ and we stood around the kitchen oh, and we did, did it. it. And I thought, oh, we're doing a spell. Yeah, and I kind of love yeah. that anyway. I mean, I love the moon. There's a lot of moon moonage in my house. I'm just very into the moon. Okay. That's my witch story, Bean. That's wow. the history of witches. Thank you. That was really enlightening. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to think of a more punny word. Oh, it'll come to you. I hope we're not making light of witches. Even no though way. I'm dressed like a asshole. <laughs> You are not. You look like the most powerful witch in all of Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Okay. So do you want me to hit you with my witch? I'm so ready for you to tell me a story of a witch. I'm so excited. I really don't know who you picked and I can't wait. So yeah. Well, she's super it. spicy and I'm very into her. I'm going Ooh. to. Let me introduce you to Marie Laveau. Who <gasps> is no I know Marie Laveau. Oh, well, she's oh. pretty famous. Oh, yeah. So oh, I'm excited. No, I don't know a lot about her life. I just know oh. enough. I, I'm, okay. I'm down. I'm ready. I'm super okay. excited. Oh, great. So I, if you do know her, she is the voodoo queen of New Orleans, which oh, I love yes. New Orleans. So I was I was down with this from the beginning. Let me give you a little let me give you a little background. Okay. She was born a free woman of color in New Orleans in 1794. Mm -hmm. She was though of mixed racial heritage, African, Native American and European. It's a very interesting combo, don't you think? No, I think that's probably really common because a lot of forced acts of mating occurred at that time. But being born a free woman, woman of color, woman right? Of color in the 1700s is really notable. Wait, and then get this, she marries a free man of color named Jacques oh. Paris or oh. Paris. I don't know, I'm just very French. Um, so I'm going to call we him know. Jacques Paris. But he died less than two years, I think, after they were married under mysterious circumstances or something that added to the air of, well, it sort of started the air of mystery surrounding Marie Laveau. Oh, no. I'm just going to tell you right now, what? the worst thing to happen to a woman at that time oh, was to have the husband. husband die of mysterious circumstances. Right. Not cute for you. It's not a good look for her, but honestly, it, it sets her up for to become the voodoo queen. Oh, right. Okay. We'll so it. she has these two little kids and she's like, I got to take care of these kids. You know what I mean? So she starts as a hairdresser and oh. she is doing hair for like all these rich white and Creole women. And they're all coming in and she's like slowly gathering little tidbits of information about the town, about other people. And then so she's like already has a little edge because she knows what's up. You know how your hair, you talk to your hairdresser about like everything everybody does. Totally. So she has all these really wealthy women coming in and talking to her about kind of the neighborhood and what's going on. So she starts to get a sense. And then she also sort of starts interacting with um, 
there are all these other free women of color. And she starts to learn from them and they have, they're teaching her about herbs and charms and all of these things that we were just discussing when you shared your history. So she's learning that and she's getting all this gossip and she's got it all going on. So she starts offering at out of her home a few years after she starts doing hair, she starts offering out of her home like these occult services because she feels like she has a good way. She has her finger on the pulse. How did we jump from getting all the gossip to occult services? Well, it was sort of like it gave her a knowing about the society she was in. Right. Oh, and she knows what's up. So it's not totally like magic. That aspect of her is not total magic, but it gives her it gives her a really solid background of the people she's going to be interacting with, right? What's on this menu of occult services? I'm she curious. does lots of things. She's oh. like healing. She's um, She'll do psychic insights, things like that, which some were true and some were like just because she had this knowledge. I'll get there. I'll get there. Girl, okay, slow sorry. down. Slow down. Oh, My sorry, God. Sorry. I'm, I'm too excited about Miss Laveau. So she starts offering it. And then as she's doing this, she starts training in voodoo as well. And then right. by 1830, she's like this badass voodoo priestess and everyone's coming to her. She like all walks of life are coming to her. Rich people, poor people, black people, white people, everyone, because she's made this huge name for herself as being this like badass voodoo priestess, right? Love it. Okay. Love her. Yeah. Right. Love this. So for they're her. all coming and she's doing all these things, including get, making griskers bags. Do you know what those are? No. Me either. And honestly, kind Tell of adorbs. me. They're like, let me don't ignore my paper shuffling. That just means that you have lots of good notes. I do. They are like these little bags, these cloth bags that serve all different purposes. Um, They're filled with like herbs and sometimes bones and hair and all. Some can be for healing or protection. It's like an amulet, but it's like a little bag. So she's like making – yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make you Let's make our own Grisgris bags for this spooky month of spooky season. Do you think I haven't already thought of it? Wait. Let's make each other one. That Ooh. we think matches the other person, but what what you have to like to say what you need it for, like protection or love or luck. Let's make the bag. Let's infuse it with an intention <gasps> for oh, our bean. Let's write it. the intention down, and then with the bag, send it, and then we okay. can tell everyone. Wait, Spooky. we got to do this by the time we get to maybe episode four of October, so we can. Yikes. That's a lot of pressure. But Run I'll out it. and make the gris gris today. Oh, I I just came up with a great idea. Um, wow. make your gris gris today. <laughs> I mean, underachiever. Look at my outfit and look at your lack of, thereof. Anyway, I am an underachiever today. You don't have to shame me. Anyway, can I get back? Okay. Thanks. Yes. Sorry. Um. So she's using like she's actually a, a she's a very religious Catholic. She goes to church every single day, but she doesn't only practice Catholicism in her offerings. She sort of mixes it with like African folk magic and spiritualism. And then she starts doing like all these rituals to heighten her image and because she's kind of like a witch. So she's doing like voodoo dances and drum circles out in the main square in New Orleans, right? Drum circles? Drum circles. Yes. Yes. She's doing full moon gatherings. She probably lit that candle like you. She's making her own tonics and potions that cure ailments and she's making charms that can ward off enemies or... Hex, hex your enemies if you're trying to get mm. down that path. She did some ceremonies that included animal sacrifices, spirit possession, frenzy dancing, and she'd do offerings to voodoo spirits. She would do public curses or hexes on houses of powerful businessmen, white patriarchy, or politicians who angered her or those who sought revenge. So she would be like out loud and proud and people were like into it. They were like really hot for this. And she's super aware that of her image. She's walking around the square with a snake around her neck all the time. Oh, super yes. hot. Super yeah. sexy. I kind of wish I had that right now. You should have um, gotten a plastic snake. <laughs> no, totally. I think I might start wearing a snake to the supermarket and be like, watch like out, that. everyone. I know. Can right? you also record reactions? I think we could go in a whole different direction on our YouTube channel. We could. <laughs> Really good. So she's very aware of her image and that she is like this mystical figure in everyone's lives. Um, And she kind of controlled her image. So she's like a PR woman. I mean, she just has it down, right? So she would walk around with that snake and that added to the whole mystique about her. And she just had this whole air of mystery. And she always knew everything. Remember I was telling you about the gossip from the the hairdressing days? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So she also has this like underground network of informants that she calls the daughters of Marie Laveau. There are some servants and oh. slaves in these elite households, and they're getting her information also. So wait. Yeah. So, okay. This, I think, is so empowering to these women who are completely stripped of their power and their 100%. humanity to give them this job. And so what you're saying is she's getting them to kind of spy on what's going on, right? Like, so totally. Mrs. Chesterfield was angry with her <laughs> husband yesterday because she right. smelled perfume on his right. shirt. And then right. Mrs. Chesterfield comes to Marie Laveau and Marie Laveau's eyes roll back in the back of her head and she says, I sense there is a, I, I'm smelling lilac. Exactly. Stop it. Brilliant. But in addition, yes, so it's brilliant because she's totally uh, crafting her image, but she also is truly practicing some voodoo and spiritualism. It's like a right. combo. She's like really has it down. You know what I mean? She's working her brand and she's doing it right. She's combo legit and combo snake oil saleswoman. We love this for her. We yeah, but I also her. think it like helped enhance her abilities, having sure. a little information. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Like sometimes I know there are real psychics or what have you that will hold, you know, some a piece of someone's hair or something. I felt like it gave her a connection that allowed her to then go off on her own. Anyway. Listen, I am not criticizing the powerful Marie Laveau, nor do I want to know what the hell is going to happen if we do. So I am all for it. You you do your craft, lady. Plus, her like knowing everything made everybody like, wow, who is this woman who knows everything totally. about everyone? Like, how does she even do this? Right? So she gets huge and it's amazing. But then she dies. Oh, she died. But she does abrupt. this forever. And she's like, amazing. Well, I was kind of giving you like a whole vibe about her, what she's up to. Yeah. Anyway, she died in 1881. But her daughter, Marie Laveau II, maintained her voodoo practice and mystical reputation into the early 1900s. And these, you knew her. Like these tales of Marie Laveau have, yeah. have powered through generations, right? And she was yeah. just this, like badass entrepreneurial woman trying to take care of her kids because she was widowed super young, right? And she was like a like a hero and a legend. And she's one of the most well-known voodoo practitioners in history. Wow. Get it, Marie. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Marie. Yes. Yeah, Marie. Get it, Marie. And we're going to honor you by making our gris gris for each other. We are. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I love Marie. So wait, voodoo is Haitian. Was she Haitian, did you say? No. It said she pulled from a lot of African Yeah. So it does come from Africa and it's it's big in Haiti. And I think she the reason I knew her so well is because she is the one who brought it to the United States, voodoo, which is a practice that a lot of people practice spiritually. Not and voodoo people, is still Haiti. pretty hot in New yeah. Orleans to this day. Yeah. And Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Marie Laveau. Love it. it. Bean, yeah, that was good. Same. Thanks. That was good. Loved it. All right. Well, should I tell my story to you? I mean, what else are we doing here? Okay. Well, here I go. That was aggressive. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just being a little... I think you're a little salty that you're dressed up and I'm not. Can I'm just guessing. I'm using my intuition to Honestly, tell me that you're I think I look amazing, so I'm not even that salty. I can't stop looking at I my know. makeup. All right, Bean, are you ready? This is a woeful tale of a ghost who roamed the palace of Hollywood House in Edinburgh. Okay. Okay. But really, before she was a ghost, her name was Agnes Sampson. And she was, um, she lived 400 years ago. And she was accused of witchcraft in Scotland. Now, before I tell you the story of Agnes Sampson, we're going to tell a parallel story, if you will. Ooh, I will. So, if you will, follow me to the court of Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay. Mary, Queen of Scots, by the way, is where Bloody Mary comes from. Do you remember that? Yeah, obviously. Fun October. Uh, little tip there. What was Bloody Mary? What did you do? I think you stood in the mirror and you either – did you spin around? Was that that one? And you said her name three times? Did you spin? Yeah. You had to stand in the, you had to stand in the, in the dark, dark it looking was at a bathroom. mirror and say her name three times. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Bloody we Mary. won't say it the third time. Don't well, say oh, it. Oh, I'll do it. And then she would appear in the mirror. Did you not spin? 
Did you not have to spin? I, didn't I thought spin. you did. Oh, I don't that's probably why spinning. she didn't come to you. I think I did spin. Oh. Did she come to you? No. Okay. <laughs> Mary, Queen of Scots, was obviously the Queen of Scotland while Elizabeth I was ruling in Great Britain. And she was always seen to Elizabeth I as a danger to her throne because she also had a bloodline to the throne. So they are historically seen as being rivals because they – why are you laughing? <laughs> I love your face when you're talking about history. I mean, you can like see it how much you love it. Your eyes light up. You're like you're, – they're wide and you're just like smiling as you're saying it. You're really a history buff, which I didn't learn about you till we were like way later friends. You probably wouldn't have been my friend. You would have been like nerd alert. It's possible. <laughs> Okay, so this is the story of James, King James, who is actually the son of Mary's Queen of Scots. Now, she is kind of embattled or embroiled in this battle with the Queen of England at the time, which is Queen Elizabeth I, you know, Renaissance, Shakespeare, you know, the famous Queen of England. The reason that they are embroiled in this battle is because Mary, Queen of Scots, also had blood ties to the British throne. And so Queen mm. Elizabeth was always kind of whispers in her ears. Um, paranoid and told to fear Mary, Queen of Scots, as someone who could come take the throne over from her. But Mary dies in Scotland, still as the Queen of Scotland. And at 13 months old, her son James takes the throne of Scotland um, and he becomes king. He, by the way, we'll come back to this, was raised Protestant and he became the head of the Presbyterian Church in Scotland in 1584. Right. Not a lot of interest in witches in him. But the interest in witches comes to him after he courts and marries Anne of Denmark. She is the princess of Denmark, and they are married in 1589. Now, they get married. Okay, so back in the day, when you're yeah. courting someone, you're not like sending them text messages, right? You're right. like writing these long ass letters, and the letters yeah. go back and forth. And You're not like W-Y-D, which is oh. what you doing. <laughs> oh. Is that right? Did You're so right? hip. You're hip. <laughs> I am. Very hip. As all the anyone who's younger than 30 cringes, if anyone's still <laughs> listening. So <laughs> they are courting. Now, also, big part of royal history is that a lot of these queens, princesses queens. who were marrying <laughs> these kings and princes had never met them until their wedding day. So Anne of Denmark is married now to King James of Scotland. Right. And she is making an attempt to get to him from Denmark via ship. She makes three attempts to set Ugh. sail from her home, and she's forced to take shelter in Norway because her fleet is basically like broken down by strong winds and Ooh. leaks in, in the ships. So James is like, enough of this. I got to go get my woman. He decides oh, he's going to travel to get Anne. On his way to get Anne, he encounters violent winds. But ultimately, he makes it to Norway. Now, here's something to know. Remember in the history section how I was telling you about witch hysteria? In the history section? I do recall, <laughs> yes. Witch hysteria has taken over Denmark <gasps> at this time. Oh, no. So what begins to happen is that when he gets there, she wasn't able to get there because of strong storms. Now, he just went through a strong storm. He takes her. They come back to Scotland and their ship almost sinks because what? of a strong storm and wind. heavens to betsy <laughs> correct so what happens is that the king of denmark who is a part of this culture of witch hysteria decides that this is thanks to witches and a witch hunt happens oh. starts to happen in denmark and people start to get accused three women go down in denmark for this what what would the witch's motive be to create windstorms to keep them oh, apart. Oh, I'm going to get there. Oh, That's okay. a good question. Sounds I'm silly, right? Why would they waste yes. their energy? Well, there is a reason. Now, I actually said something inaccurate. I want to fix it real quick. Please do. At this point of his marriage, King James is the next in line to the throne after Elizabeth. For Ugh. So he actually also grows up with this paranoia of Elizabeth and how she is going to take his power away. She mm. does ultimately die and King James does become the king of Great Britain. That's when this marriage happens. So I just want to be clear. He is paranoid because of everything he's been through. He's taking her back to England because he's now the king of England. Got it. Okay. So 
his father-in-law is like, look, witches are the problem here. He's like, fine. I also agree. I'm now going to be witch paranoid. So he decides that he is um, going to start looking for witches that are part of this coven of trying to kill King James and his wife. So let's go back to Agnes real quick. Agnes, meanwhile, doesn't know that the king is having so much paranoia and sadness. She is busy with her healing practice. She is Mm. serving many, many people in her East Lothian village of Scotland. And women are just generally... Um, at this time, by the way, not well recorded. So we don't know a lot about her or her practice, but we do know that she was a midwife and an herbalist. And we already know that that is the death knell oh, of being Makes a you a witch then. Time. Yeah. And she's also, if that's not enough, a widow oh. and a mother. She oh. was known as the wise wife of Keith, a woman skilled in traditional healing methods. She used natural remedies to cure illnesses and assist in childbirth. Now, People are starting to get more and more worried about witchcraft. The king is like, we got to find the, the witch that was behind this besides the three that they found in Denmark. Where are we going to look? Clients of Agnes Sim- Samson start to say, well, you know, I went to this woman. She's a widow. And I saw her praying over one of my cousins. And... Um, you know, she was whispering spells and her prayers are really actually spells. And so prayers easily morphed into here's Agnes Sampson casting spells on people. And oh, that's no. how she's actually healing them. It's not through all of the time she spent understanding herbs and how to use them for healing. So <laughs> forget that. Now, remember, King James is Protestant. Protestantism <laughs> is a male dominated religion. And it's relatively new in Scotland. So think about what it's like to be a mature, respected woman who's won the admiration of the community because you're healing and you're assisting in childbirth. You are a rival to a male-dominated religion of this time. So she ends up being the perfect candidate to get accused. And ultimately, a local servant girl named Gellis Duncan sealed Mm. Samson's fate and she accused her in 1590 when she started to undergo these confessions. Now, this is the part of the story that gets a little weird. <laughs> this this is where it gets weird? Yeah. This is where it gets weird. So Samson is arrested, okay. taken to, you know, the torture t- chamber. Lots of torture going on, which Ugh. I'll tell you about in a minute. The tale that's told about her that ultimately gets her arrested is that she was seen to have been at the sea on Morrison's Haven, meeting with a group of other witches. And the witches are said to have been having a meeting with the devil. Oh, fascinating. The devil, insert racism here, was said to have appeared to them in the likeness of a black man. Oh. Hmm. And Agnes Samson was said to have made an image of the king for the devil to enchant to cause the death of King James. Whoa, this is why they they believe that this had to do with King James, that the devil, remember, King James is the head of the church. So what does the devil want to do? Get rid of the church. It was honestly, it was just a bunch of like chicks hanging out with some black guy by the water. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> what is this? This looks weird. What's this fuss about? Well, he is there to fight good. The devil, right? He wants to win because he's evil. So that's why King James needs to go. I like when you quiz me on things like what and what does the devil want? I was like, I don't know, man. Stop looking at me. (laughs) You got it right. Oh, great. Excuse me. Where do I learn to do random pop gorilla style trivia quizzes? Who taught me me that? And honestly, our friendship always depends on it. Sorry. Like literally no pressure, but you're like, Bean, if we want to be best friends, name the five characters in. (laughs) Now, in my, in like, my head. Ugh. Yeah. This random cartoon from 1982. I'm like, go. oh, my God. <laughs> well, the friendship's okay. over. Go. Sorry. Well, so karma is a bitch. <laughs> All right. So Agnes Sampson is dragged to Holyrood Palace, which is where the king is bringing people in Scotland to examine them and to torture them, basically. And so they are torturing her. She won't confess. They're torturing her. She won't confess. And so they decide to look for the witch's mark. 
Now, Mm. this is taken from the diary of one of the people who was torturing Agnes on behalf of the king. And he says, for as much as by due examination of witchcraft and witches in Scotland, it has lately been found that the devil does generally mark them with a privy mark by Mm. which reason the witches have confessed themselves. And ready? The devil doth lick them with his tongue in some private part of their body. Before he doth receive them to be his servants, which Mark commonly is given them under the hair in that private part (gasps) of the body. Therefore, by special commandment, Agnes Sampson had all her hair shaven off in each part of her body and her head until the devil's mark was found upon her privates. And then she immediately confessed whatsoever was demanded of her. Wait, first of all, Mm -hmm. the devil... Mm -hmm is all about cunnilingus, number one. That's my number one takeaway. Correct. Two, they found a mark down there. That's yeah, it. Birthmark. Birthmark on her vage. And they were on like, her well, this is the devil's work. Well, no. I think that what happened, they say, he says, it's once they found the mark that she immediately confessed. But think about yeah. how much pain and torture she's going through at this point. Totally. And they're like shaving and they're in her private area, which at the time, I mean, even today would be like, stay away, friends. Right. And then in the time, it must have been extremely mortifying. It's ext- it's assault. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. So Agnes Sampson confessed to causing the storm on September 7th of 1589 when ferry boats collided during a summer storm. She made a charm by sinking a dead cat to which her companions had attached parts of dead man into the sea near Leith. The same charm raised the storm and weather effects that threatened the king on his return voyage from Denmark in 1590. She confesses Mm. to this. Now, her confessions get a little bit wilder here. And I'm curious what's going on. I don't know if she is... Just trying to spin a story that will satisfy them so they'll leave her the hell alone. I don't know if she's trying to now. Maybe she's decided in her head. Listen, if I sound crazy as fuck and I sound super scary, maybe they'll fear me a little bit. Oh, or maybe they'll just think I'm crazy. Who knows? Anyway, let's not speculate. Continue. Either way. Either way, her confessions get crazier. So she's hauled before the king after this confession, and now she's relaying this confession to the king, King James himself. She says, on Halloween night, 200 witches sailed to a church in North Berwick, a seaside town near Edinburgh. There they danced and sang until the devil appeared in the guise of a man. Hmm. He proceeded to bend his... Are you ready? Oh, oh! I now that you said bend his and stopped, I am more than intrigued. He proceeded to bend his bare bottom over the church pulpit Woo! and demanded that the assembled witches kiss his buttocks in sign of duty to him, which they did. Wow, they kissed the devil's ass. Do you think that's where kiss my ass comes from? Hmm, we don't know. Well, the world may never know. Kate, James and his advisors took obviously Samson's confession as a proof of conspiracy against him. As a whole, 70 people were tried, tortured, and executed during these trials, her being one of them. On January 27, 1591, the charges of witchcraft against her were drawn up with 53 points or articles, so 53 indictments, basically. Wow. And Agnes Samson was taken to the scaffold, burnt at the stake on January 28, 1591. Why couldn't they rest with those three witches they caught in Denmark? Why wasn't that not enough? Why do we need all the witches? I think, think about it. Like he is just this like insecure king who's trying to maybe prove himself to his father-in-law who's the king of Denmark. They're saying to him, you witches are real. You're not taking this seriously. And I think he's like, fine, I'm going to show you that I'm also going to go find me some witches and I can burn them at the stake too. I think it's like a pissing contest watch me bro watch me bro who yeah. cares about these lives that are gonna burn at the yeah. stake okay but this is the spooky part Ooh. legend has it that the naked ghost of a bald agnes stripped shaven <gasps> and tortured Aww, after being poor. accused of witchcraft is said to roam the palace of holly rude house in edinburgh shall we go right Ooh, let's go visit spooky places together next 
October. Next October. That's a great idea. Thanks. She also is um, in current media and pop culture a lot. In fact, she's referenced in the Trader episode of the American Horror Story Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And um, she's been referenced in the BBC TV series, Lucy Worsley Investigates. And she's basically now a part of lore thanks to her life and also her pretty insane confessions. Wow. Wow. Agnes Sampson. Poor lady. Not as revered, revered as Marie Laveau. Or who successful. Was just a force to be reckoned with. She was I'm one so badass witch. Story. You know what I mean? Yeah, that really uplifted us because I just said a lot of desperate, depressing things about women getting tortured and burned this whole episode. I feel sad. I'm sorry. You're supposed to feel spooky. Spooky. I do. Wait, I have a spell, by the way. Oh, please share. I want to share with you. Okay, this spell was shared with me by a witch I know. That It really works. Wait, how come you were all up in my, like, how many witches do you know? And now you're like, well, this witch I know. You said what happened to witches, and I'm like, well, how many do you know? If you don't know that many, that should tell you. Oh, that was your point. Never mind. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Misunderstood. Hopefully our listeners Continue. caught that. Okay, so if someone is really bugging the crap out of you, and you just want mm-hmm. them to, like, stop it, you can put them on ice. So you write their name down on a piece of paper. Yeah. Fill a container that you can put in the freezer of water. So I use Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. Put their name in the water. Zip it up. Put it in the freezer. You're putting them on ice. You're basically like, stop it. No, thank you. It, did it work for you? Did it work? It's no, worked. It's worked multiple times. For you? I Wait, swear I'm, to I'm you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Nobody's it. really annoying me right now, but I'm going to do it. Try to annoy Try me, somebody. See what happens. Yeah. Bring it. You. Yeah. We got spells. We got Marie Laveau. We got August Samson behind us. I got Bring it. black lipstick on. Well, Bean, it's been yeah. delightful to talk about witches with you today. I think it's been spooky. <laughs> well, getting, it's been I'm annoyed spooky. with myself. <laughs> Thanks to your beautiful costume. Thank you. You really brought it. Thank you for doing that. No, thank you for not doing it. It really enhanced my look. I'll see you next week. We're going to talk about yet another spooky topic. So come back next week Ooh. to signal for spooky season. See you guys. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. This podcast is co-hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and Melissa Gushka. Special thanks to my production team, Anushree Sekadeh, Arman Kassam, and Anais Islami. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. See you then.